As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes. Super excited. We are all pumped to have James Renner here today. We have author James Renner on. I am going to take a deep dive into the suspects that James Renner has zeroed in on. James Renner's once again drops a bombshell. Investigative journalist reporter James Renner, who's been on the podcast, longtime friend of mine. By a local writer, James Renner. L'auteur et blogueur James Renner. Bien connu. All right, now, please, James Renner. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, October 28th, 2022. And these are the top true crime stories from around the world, brought to you by me, James Renner. Here's the garbage bell, as they call it. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. That's not the garbage bell because that's the obsessed network. This is this is the happy bell. This is the James Renner bell. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, welcome to the show. As always, we have Walter behind the camera. Say hello to the nice folks, Walter. It's never going to get old for me. It might it might have gotten old for you, but it's never going to get old for me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, listen, we've got some the the top stories are are going to kind of bring you. There's some sad news this week. I mean, it's a true crime show, after 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 all. Um, I typically like mysteries uh, of all sorts, um, you know, but sometimes these... So I guess what I'm trying to say is trigger warning. This, this week's a little rough, but I've got some things that'll perk us up through the show. Uh, lots of cold case updates. There's a big anniversary that's happening yesterday, that happened yesterday, and... Anyways, lots to talk about. So right off the top of the bat, another week, another school shooting in America. This time, Central Visual and Performing Arts High School in St. Louis was the site of the crime. 19-year-old Orlando Harris used an AR-15-style rifle, the rifle of choice for school shooters in the United States, to murder 15-year-old Alexandria Bell and 61-year-old Jean Kuchka, who was a teacher there, 
He wounded several others before he was shot and killed by responding officers. This according to reports from CNN. What's crazy about this story, a lot of us didn't hear about it until a couple days after the event because there was so much other stuff going on and there's been so many school shootings, I believe this was the 67th this year, that it kind of got buried. You know, these are happening so often, it's almost not making the top stories. And a lot of people, when things like Parkland happened and Uvalde, they'll say, well, we just need to be extra vigilant about locking doors and having security guards there. This proved that there's no length that we can go to that will stop this from happening because they, they had locked the doors. They had uh, metal detectors, I believe. They had a security guard stationed, and he shot his way in. So everything that could have been done leading up to this event to make sure it didn't happen happened, and it still happened. Uh, for instance, Orlando had been committed to a psychiatric facility by his family. He was still able to get a, and purchase an AR-15-style rifle. The police were called to his home, and the family's like, Look, this kid's not stable. Please take away this weapon. And they surrendered it to, it looks like another family member or close friend. And somehow, Orlando was able to get his hands on that gun again because it wasn't far enough away. One student told CNN that after Orlando shot Mrs. Uh, Kuchka, quote, I didn't really want to see anything else. He just saw his teacher shot in front of him. But then I thought he was leaving, so I opened my eyes to see him standing there making eye contact with me. Then after he made eye contact, he just left, end quote. Uh, this is what you do now in the United States, if you're um, a troubled young man and you want to go out with a bang, literally, if you want to get notoriety, you shoot up a school. It's super easy to get your hands on a gun. And until that changes, at least, we're going to see more of this and, and more and more. No amount of Alice drills of security helped this school. Now, some say that, well, the only option here is to arm the teachers right? Uh, I, every time I think about that, my mind goes to the shop teacher at my school and probably your school as well. Imagine them being armed. Second story, uh, crazy disappearance started out as a disappearance, now is in uh, suspicious death on the campus of Princeton University. A uh, young woman has died there. 21, uh, I'm sorry, 20-year-old Miss Roch Uanetti, Miss Roch Uanetti disappeared back uh, on Friday, October 14th, and her body was found just last week between the tennis courts and a parking lot. There's this like little space there. Her brother has already said it's a very odd location for her to have been in or gone to by herself. The cause of death is undetermined at this point. But the campus has already come out and said, hey, there's no reason to worry. And the suggestion is that this, you know, may not, in fact, be a murder. The family is already calling for an independent autopsy, which I think is a very good idea in this case. Uh, Miss Roch volunteered at the, the Terrace Club Thursday evening before her disappearance. Now, that's a famous fancy eating club on this uh, Ivy League campus. This is according to The Sun. Uh, 
She was last seen by her roommate around 3 a.m., and when the roommate didn't see her again, she just figured that Miss Roch had gone home. And that's because that, that following week, students were not on campus. It was kind of everybody went home. I don't know if it was an extended break or what's going on, but nobody was on campus that next week. Figured she'd gone home. Now, uh, Ms. Uanetti uh, had immigrated from Ethiopia when she was a child, and her family had moved to Cleveland. So she's, she's local to the True Crime This Week studio. And yes, the family's calling for an independent autopsy. So this is a developing story out of Princeton. If it's revealed that she was in fact murdered by another student there, that's going to be a big deal because you can just imagine who's going to school at Princeton, who their family is, who their parents are. So watch for that story to blow up big. Final top story this week, nutty story out of Iowa. Let me back up just a bit because this is not, I think, going to go the way that you expect or the way I expected anyways when I saw this headline on CNN. Anyways, this week CNN and many other mainstream publications, they published this story that had gripping headlines. It sounded very sexy. A woman had come forward to reveal that her father was a serial killer who hit up to 70 bodies on his property before he died in 2013. She said she took part, helped him bury these bodies, helped him dispose of these bodies, some of them down a well. The woman claimed she'd, she'd helped him for years. Now, CNN and these other publications identified this woman, identified her father, who's now accused of being a serial killer, although he's dead, you can't libel a dead man, and uh, they also identified her sister. And those names are forever on the internet connected to the story. Now, the Fremont County Sheriff's Office uh, in Iowa, where these murders supposedly took place, there's so much cry and, and media attention that they were forced to investigate. They're now going to spend, you know, hundreds of hours tracing down these leads. Everybody forgot about Occam's razor in this case, I think. There's simply not enough missing people in and around Fremont County to account for 70 dead bodies over the last 50 years. So ask yourself this, what's more likely? That this woman's father was a serial killer who somehow got away with abducting, killing, burying, disposing of 70 bodies. Or that maybe, maybe this woman's a little delusional. Her older sister, by the way, was interviewed, said that this never happened. I'm two years older than her. I would have seen this stuff. I never saw anything. So, I, you know, I, this, this leads me to quote a new little uh, lesson or, 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 or thing to remember when you hear about crazy cases like this. If it's too bad to be true, it probably is. And this is probably not true. And their names are forever on the internet because of this. And, and people are, you know, it's still up on CNN. People are like, oh my God, a new serial killer. Not so fast. It's not that easy to get rid of 70 bodies without ever being caught. This reminds me too of the Sam Little case. Remember that from a couple years ago, this prolific serial killer who killed like 99 people? I don't believe a word of that. Um, I think Sam Little might be responsible for like three murders, but everybody was piling on these old cases you know, to, to get to close some of these old cases and to let him take credit 
you know, he's in, these people, he's in prison and has nothing to lose and everything to gain by admitting to these murders he didn't, he didn't commit, even if it's just for a couple extra ramen noodle packets from the commissary. So uh, if it's too bad to be true, it probably is. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back with, you're not going to want to miss these cold case updates. There's a ton of them this week, so, uh, which is wonderful to see. So I'll be back in two and two with more true crime this week. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're back with Murder, She Wrote, starring Angela Lansbury, the great 
Angela Lansbury, may she rest in peace. Cold case updates for you. Lots coming at you. Oxygen.com reports that there's been a break in a cold case disappearance of one Linda Little, who disappeared in 1991. Linda Little worked at a Daytona Beach restaurant and vanished after her shift on October 11, 1991. Police in Volusia County, Florida, have worked the case since then, but had very little leads, no evidence to go with, until this week when 53-year-old Michael Townsend was charged with Little's murder. This wasn't genetic genealogy that broke the case. It wasn't fancy police work. Townsend came out and just confessed to the crime. Here's a quote from the uh, Dayton, I, I'm sorry, Daytona Beach Police Chief Jakari Young. This is during a press conference, as reported by WOFL. <clears throat> quote, the Lord placed it on his heart to confess, and since he was transferred back to Volusia County, that is what ultimately compelled him to confess. Good old Florida. Uh, he is, Townsend is currently serving a life sentence already. He's in prison. R remember what I just said about Sam Little before the break? Keep that in mind. He's currently serving life sentence for the 2008 murder of Sherry Carmanto, who he beat to death with a steel pipe inside her house. Townsend also told police where he put the body, but the police have not been able to find her remains yet, which begs the question, is any of his confession real? He also says he's a serial killer and there are a couple other murders that he's done. But here's another question. If he's telling the truth, if he had a change of heart and is confessing to this crime to get it off his chest, should there be some sort of sliding scale for crimes when the defendant comes and actually admits culpability before the police are knocking at their door. It might be a way to get some of these old cold cases solved if they say, well, it's been 20 years, we can't, we can't do anything else with this. If you'll come out and confess, we won't go after you for life, but you know, you're gonna go away still. You're, gonna, you're definitely going to prison, but we're not gonna go for the death penalty or anything like that. Might be worth considering. Uh, sad, tragic ending to the Harmony Montgomery case, although we all suspected it. Um, and it definitely ended as many of us suspected. The father of Harmony Montgomery, Adam Montgomery, was charged this week with the little girl's murder. Now, there's a really interesting timeline that was put together by the reporters at WMUR that shows how Harmony's death was a direct result of a failure of the Child Protective Services in Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Expect some civil suits there. Uh, let me break it down a little bit for you. Harmony Montgomery was born in June 2014. Her mother, Crystal, was an addict. Her father, Adam, was in prison. Now, from 2014 to 2018, Harmony was removed from Crystal's care three times due to neglect. That was in Massachusetts. In 2016, Adam gets out of prison, starts visiting her like once a month for a little while, and then just doesn't anymore. Doesn't call children's services back. July 2018, Crystal, her mother, loses custody of Harmony due to uh, drug use. February 2019, about you know, seven, eight months later, her father gets custody. Nobody else to give her to. Father gets custody, 
Now, up until that point, she's only seen her father like nine times in her life. That's February 2019. July 2019, an anonymous caller calls Child Protective Services said that Harmony's got a black eye. So they go out, they check it out. Child Services doesn't do anything. They say, well, it doesn't look like a black eye now. Child Services follows up in January 2020, and Adam says, oh, Harmony's not here anymore. She moved back with her mother. So they call Crystal. They leave a message, but Crystal never calls back. And a year and a half goes by when nobody knows where the hell Harmony is. Finally, somebody from Crystal's circle calls and says, hey, she never did come back. So they, they chase Adam down. Now he's, you know, he's, he's been charged with the murder. Um, second degree, uh, here's the charges. Second degree murder for recklessly causing the death of Harmony, falsifying physical evidence, destroying, concealing, or removing Harmony's body, abuse of a corpse, concealing or destroying Harmony's body, and tampering with witnesses by attempting to cause his estranged wife to testify falsely. Seems like the estranged wife has... Uh, changed her story now and is um, uh, saying that, in fact, Adam did, did kill the girl. So they now say that he uh, beat Harmony to death on December 7th, 2019. Like I said, kind of a rough episode. That was a, definitely a sad story. Let's cleanse the palate. Here's a picture of my dog, Brownie. He's a shorty. He's half Shih Tzu, half Yorkie, and all around trouble. Uh, some other news this week. This is really cool. So I have this nonprofit called the Porchlight Project. We raise money for new DNA testing and genetic genealogy for Ohio cold cases. We're always doing interesting things. Check us out, porchlightonline.org. Uh, this week, we funded the exhumation of Nancy Eagleson, who was a 14-year-old girl who was abducted and murdered uh, in 1960. This is a 62-year-old cold case. We've been working with the family, the Eagleson family. Uh, Nancy's two sisters would have been younger sisters. And we've been working with them for several months. Uh, and Nick Edwards from True Crime Garage has been a, a big force in this, in this journey. And uh, on Monday of this week, the exhumation was conducted and Nancy's remains traveled to Lucas County Coroner's Office where they were examined, and hopefully we'll have some good news on that case very soon. Another case close to my heart is the Amy Mihaljevic abduction and murder. Today, or yesterday that is, um, Thursday, was the 33rd anniversary of Amy Mihaljevic's abduction from the Bay Square Shopping Plaza in Bay Village, Ohio, which is kind of a well-to-do suburb on the, the west side of Cleveland. Now, this occurred October 27, 89. Amy was 10 years old, and she was abducted in broad daylight across the street from the police station on a Friday afternoon. And to this date, her killer has not been found. It was the subject of her case and her story and her life was the subject of my first book, Amy, My Search for Her Killer. And uh, the reason it stuck with me all these years is Amy and I were the same age. We were both born in 78. She lived in Bay Village. My mother lived in Rocky River, which literally crossed the, the tracks. And I'd see her picture on the telephone poles as I was riding my Huffy two-speed bike all over the place. 
So uh, really want to really want to close that one. So if you get a chance, check check out her case online. There's lots of information out there. They've done lots of little documentaries on it over the years. Let's check pop culture. I have been binging Unsolved Mysteries, the new season. They release like three episodes a week. I'm caught up. Are you? Spoiler alert. Let's talk about the Navajo Park Rangers. How nutty is that? I want to see a whole series just about those Navajo Park Rangers. In the, you know, in the Navajo Reservation, there are these two park rangers that kind of inherited these X-Files. And the episode was about them hunting Bigfoot and seeing UFOs and skinwalkers and weird parallel dimension stuff. It's wild. So I'm, I'm glad they do that because it lightens up the mood. Maybe I should have like a, a woo-woo segment here, like a paranormal segment to, you know, counteract the sadness in some of these reports. But anyways, check that out. Also, new podcast for you from the creators of Court Junkie. Just, just started this week. It's called Civil. So you've got Court Junkie, which is typically uh, criminal court. Now it's civil. And civil court can be just as interesting, if not more, than, than criminal court. Here's, here's a little bit about the new podcast. Justice doesn't always find itself in a criminal courtroom. Sometimes it happens in a civil court. Join host Jillian Jalali as she discusses some of the most fascinating civil trials to date. And here's one. I'm like, how interesting. What, what do they got? What do they got? Well, let, let me read you this write-up of, of one of their first episodes. In 2009, the principal at Northport High School in Sarasota, Florida, began performing one of his hobbies on the students, hypnotism. That's, that doesn't sound good. Then, within a three-month period, three students he'd hypnotized tragically lost their lives. In 2012, their families filed a wrongful death lawsuit where the principal would be found liable for their deaths. Count me in. Finally, uh, let's recommend a book from the, from the shelves. Let me go back here a little bit. Uh, this is one of my favorites. It's called The Wrong Man. This is one of the first true crime books I read and devoured uh, as, a, as a young reporter. Um, it's actually set in Bay Village, which is where the Amy Mihalovic case took part. In fact, uh, Amy's family moved to Bay Village 30 years after this event. This is the murder of Marilyn Shepard, which happened in 1954. Big case that inspired the Fugitive TV series. And it's written by uh, James Neff, who was a reporter at The Plain Dealer, before he went on to report for, I think, The Intelligencer, or he's up in Seattle somewhere doing the reporting there. But um, brilliant writer, wonderful story. Uh, July 4th, 1954, in a quiet suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, Marilyn Shepard was bludgeoned to death in her bed. After a cursory investigation, the police accused her husband, Dr. Sam Shepard. Until the wrong man, the full story of the, this brutal crime and its stunning aftermath had never been told. He uh, lays out a case for a better suspect than Sam Shepard. And you ask anybody in Cleveland to this day, they have an opinion on that case. And Usually they have a different suspect than the one you've talked to before. Lots of suspects. Big mystery. Check it out. The Wrong Man by James Neff. And that's the show for this week. And it's Friday. We've survived another week. It's always reason to celebrate. I hope you enjoy the weekend. And, it's, and in the words of the incomparable, Murray Saul, the godfather of Cleveland Radio, that means we got to, 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 got to,
Gutter, 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 gutter. Get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Photo and artwork are licensed through Shutterstock. If you like the cut of my jib, I have another podcast you might enjoy called The Philosophy of Crime, in which I attempt to solve the big questions behind our true crime obsession by looking to philosophy for answers. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Sit, Brownie, sit. Good dog.